Welcome back to this week's Source Code podcast, Decipher's weekly news wrap podcast with input from our sources. Topping the news this week, Citrix is warning of two vulnerabilities in its Netscaler ADC and Gateway appliances that are being exploited in the wild. The two flaws in Citrix's products include a high-severity denial-of-service bug and a medium-severity remote code execution flaw. Citrix said that it is aware of a limited number of exploits in the wild and urged impacted customers to apply updates. Satnam Narang with Tenable talked about the vulnerabilities and the related exploitation activity. So the top takeaways from the latest advisory from Citrix is that there are two new zero-day vulnerabilities that have been exploited in the wild. Specific details about in-the-wild exploitation are not currently available, but we do know that in-the-wild exploitation has been observed. Typically, we worry about zero-day vulnerabilities after they get disclosed, primarily because once proof-of-concept exploit code becomes available, we anticipate some type of mass scanning and mass exploitation attempts to start. However, a mitigating factor of these new zero-day vulnerabilities in Citrix, Netscaler, ADC, and Gateway is that management interface needs to be accessible and authentication is required. So having these two additional components sort of lessens the severity of these two zero-day vulnerabilities. I believe I've seen some statistics showing that there are around 1,500 instances that are accessible online that expose the management interface for these devices. While it's never good when zero days are found in Citrix products, Nering said that these flaws differ in their impact and the difficulty of exploitation from a more severe Netscaler ADC flaw found last year called Citrix Bleed. The only common thread between these two zero-day vulnerabilities and a vulnerability like Citrix Bleed is just the affected products. So Citrix Bleed also affected Netscaler ADC and Gateway, but that's where their similarities end. Citrix Bleed is a critical vulnerability in Netscaler ADC and Gateway devices that was massively exploited starting in October, and we saw it used by a number of threat actors as well as ransomware groups. And unlike these two zero-day vulnerabilities, authentication was not required for exploitation of Citrix Bleed. And on top of that, exploitation of Citrix Bleed would leak memory, which contained session tokens. Now these session tokens could be then used to authenticate to these devices. And it didn't even matter if multi-factor authentication was enabled on these devices because those session tokens have already been validated. And because they're not expired, they persist. And so because those tokens persist, an attacker could steal these tokens from memory and replay them back and access these devices, even if an organization does apply the patches from Citrix. So these two vulnerabilities are definitely something that organizations should apply the patches for, but not as urgently as we saw with Citrix Bleed. Citrix's security update joins a number of other fixes for flaws that enterprise security teams should know about this week, including a critical severity vulnerability in VMware's infrastructure automation platform, ARIA Automation, which if successfully exploited by cybercriminals, could allow unauthorized access to remote organizations and workflows. 
Finally, this week, researchers with Google's Threat Analysis Group disclosed details about how the Russian threat group, known as Cold River, is using the Spica malware in operations targeting high-profile individuals since at least September. Billy Leonard with Google's Threat Analysis Group talks more about the campaign and what it means for defenders. So this is the first time in close to seven years that we've seen this actor deploying malware and targeting users with that malware. It's something that they've developed themselves. It's written in Rust. It provides a number of capabilities for the, um, for the actor so that they're able to read the contents of the file system. They're able to exfiltrate files. They're able to execute commands on the user system. Um, so the use of malware here is unique from this actor in that over the past seven years, they've been really focused on credential phishing. So gaining access to a um, target's username and password. Um, and now seeing them sort of have this, not necessarily a shift, but also introducing the use of malware into their operations, into their campaigns is a new capability that we've seen them deploy um, over the past, say, six to nine, 12 months. Um, this malware, it appears to be under active development, um, but we've only seen it used in very limited, very targeted campaigns, targeting a very small number of users globally. Um, we expect them to continue with their sort of um, business as usual credential phishing campaigns. Um, but now this is something new for defenders to look out for, for users to look out for. Um, is this malware that we've seen them deploy um, against these sort of high profile VIP targets? That's all the top news for this week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Source Code podcast. If you like what you heard, feel free to give us a review or give us a shout out on social media. Have a great weekend. While you were hacking the planet.